Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We educate pet parents about the importance of having a pet trust so your pet has a home when you die. Today, I would like to welcome our special guest to the show. Her name is Wendy Patrick. She is the owner and founder of Dogs of Pride and Finesium, and we're going to talk about both of those things. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Thanks so much, Peggy. It's a very big, big, big pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. Um, I I think I told you that I've been to Nova Scotia before, <laughs> and that's where we're talking to you from. Yes, it is. Yep. So I think that's very exciting. What I didn't know when I went to Nova Scotia was how close Nova Scotia is to Newfoundland. Right. And yes. I was like, how come I didn't know? I could have gone there too. <laughs> yeah. It's close and yet far because it's a ferry ride or a, a plane trip. It's not, not something you can drive to, sadly, because that's even more like home for me. And home for me is actually Northern Ireland. Okay. So, well, that's yes. what I hear in your voice then. Yes, it is indeed. Well, um, I share a love of horses with you Yes. and one of my most fabulous international horseback riding vacations was to Northern Ireland, to the Wonderful. Northwest coast. Um, and I brought a dog home from Ireland. Oh my goodness. She, uh. she was a stray and, um, she came home to the United States with me. Her name was Princess Fiona of Carna Bay. <laughs> Oh, that's priceless. Brilliant. And uh, it was, she was a lovely dog. And so I, out of all the countries I've ever been to, I do have to say that Ireland is my favorite. And mm, yes. it's the one where I feel like I could live if I had to live overseas. Absolutely. Yes. I feel the same way, actually. It's one of those weird things that you never appreciate where you come from until you leave it. And then you want to go back. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Well, and I'm a huge Maeve Binchy fan, which has right. nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. But uh, I love reading her books about Ireland. Well, yes. If there's anything to uh, for your other listeners or whatever that are fans of Game of Thrones, well, if you look at the Game of Thrones and where it was filmed was all around Northern Ireland. So I actually come from Westeros. So there oh, you go. Very nice. I love that too. <laughs> all right. So tell us how you ended up on this journey where you are today. Whew, so many twists and turns. Um, lots and lots of jumps across the pond, um, back and forward, actually. Um, it was one of those things you grow up and you always think the grass is greener somewhere else, although it's no greener than Ireland. But uh, it was one of those things, well, let's find out. So I ended up emigrating to Canada um, almost 24 years ago and ended up in Alberta for 10 and a half years 
and uh, was doing what I had qualified from college to do, which was interior design. So I did that for 18 years, but my lifelong passion and love was always with animals, always. And uh, I finally threw the head up when I was 36 and said, I'm done. I'm done doing full finishing. And the most interesting thing about going and see other people's houses was to see what dogs they had. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I was more interested in trying to make friends with the dogs than to establish a good client relationship on their, their home decor. So it was like, all right, done with this. Ended up talking to a girlfriend back in Scotland from that I'd known from art college and said, I'm going to go and be a dog groomer. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm done with this painting malarkey. I says, I'm going to go and do a dog grooming course. And she goes, well, why don't you come home and do mums? And I'm like, excuse me, what? So because it was a different path at that time, I didn't realize her mother actually had a, a, a dog grooming school. She was a certified master groomer in Scotland and did one-on-one -on -one courses. So I ended up to go home for six weeks and uh, came back with a, a little novice certification and still had no idea how to do a poodle trim or anything else. I knew that that was a long way off to, to perfect anything. Landed on my feet working with a, a top salon in Calgary and got quite a, a very good um, mentorship, if you like, or apprenticeship, even though it's not an apprenticeable trade. But um, then moved to Nova Scotia because I was actually on my way home to Ireland slash Scotland at the time to take over. Fiona's business because she was looking to retire. Well, I got stopped halfway and ended up in Nova Scotia and um, went, well, there's nothing out here. There's nobody else out here that's even a member of a professional association because there's no regulations in dog grooming. Anybody can call themselves a dog groomer. So I thought, well, let's change that. So I tried to start beating the drum and, and trying to get some education up there and get some people involved in some of the larger um, associations and things like that and trying to get education out there for the groomers and for the pet parents because the biggest thing you'll find is pet parents have no idea how to maintain a coat properly um, or very little and even less knowing how to choose safe products or what they're even looking at um, and so that was for basically all right somebody's got to grab the baton and run with it so I chose it to be me really excellent excellent um, yeah and set up dogs of pride out here which is the distributorship um we are actually the pure paws distributor for canada and uh, now i do the finessian products which are my own products as well they're all formulated and created by me and tested only on humans and that would be me so there's no testing on animals with our ingredients or anything like that i think so, that that's the way it should be right testing absolutely. only on on people before no animals yes yes actually just to go into that wee bit deeper the uh there's a uh, an alternative to cbd i created because we can't get cbd legally into canada um don't ask me how they're doing it on the black market um but i know they're not enforcing it but the alternative i created lots of people will say well how do we know it works i'll go well, ask your animals because they'll tell you the answer in about two weeks but beyond that, they'll go, well, we need this testing and we need that testing and we want this and we want that. And it's like, do you realize that what you're asking for involves about two and a half million dollars? And for me to actually get a beagle lab, which is not a crossbreed of a dog, it's a beagle laboratory or a place where they hold lots and lots of beagles in cages 
so that they can scrape their skin, they can drop it in their eyes, they can drop it in their mouth, they can drop it in their ears, they can tape it onto open wounds. And that's what you're wanting to get results from. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. So I didn't know that you can't get CBD in Canada. Well, you can, um, but it's, uh, well, well, they not they, legally. Well, they, <laughs> They legalized it, as you probably heard, but that's like saying that um, it's legal to drive a car, but you need a license to do it. So it's the same idea with the CBD up here. You, you can actually buy it, but to sell it, you need a license to do so. Unfortunately, a lot of um, the pet stores are just grabbing any brand or any bottle that claims it's CBD and sticking it on the shelves. And no matter how much enforcing you try to do, the RCMP aren't enforcing it. So they're not going in and pulling it off the shelves. So it's very much a buyer beware. And I'm trying to educate our pet parents to be careful of what they're losing their money to when it can literally just be hemp. Seed oil in a bottle. So it's kind of scary. That is very scary. Um, so I do want to talk more about your alternative product. So tell us about the product that you okay. came up with as an alternative to CBD. Um, well, it's called Smart Oil <laughs> because it's pretty smart. Um, it was actually one of my retailers. I had been the pet relief distributor for Canada, which is actually a, one of the top brands of CBD from Colorado. They actually control it right from the, the growth, um, their own seeds, right to their own processing and harvesting and from their own farms. So I had worked with them and become quite knowledgeable and very well educated from them as to what to look for, what it does, how it works, all the rest of it. So I knew a little bit about it. So whenever we were stopped and it was like, no, you can't bring it in anymore. And that was actually literally, I was sitting at the border for 26 hours before they decided that they weren't going to let me in. Um, they tried to argue that I'd never brought it in before, but I'm sitting there with my pile of paperwork going, um, well, here's six or seven previous imports that you stamped them for like last month and the month before. And anywho, it was interesting, but um, I had two choices basically, because I had a lot of animals who were suffering without it, including my big old horse that I'd adopted. And I was like, okay, I, uh, I was very, very close to having a, a nervous breakdown because I just felt that I was feeling everybody. And it was like, I can't do this. I cannot let everyone else down. And I did lose a couple of clients who passed away, older ones who had been relying on the CBD. And uh, I was like, right, I got to look into this. I said that mother nature is not that cruel that she has got one substance on the planet that does all this stuff. And through my kinesiology, health kinesiology testing and muscle testing, sway testing, whatever you want to call it, um, I started testing a lot of different substances that were familiar to me and other ones that had sort of crossed my path, sort of, you know, the way things drift into your sphere a couple of times and then you go, oh, hang on, that's a sign I should look into that. Definitely. Then basically I grabbed it and I was like, okay, let's see what this does. Let's see what this does. Let's see what this does. So I asked if there was any other substance out there that actually did the same thing. And I got a no. So hemp is really very, very unique. But once I started working with other substances and finding out what they do, what they have, what they are, and I started to marry some of them together and I ended up having the synergistic reaction and it was like, holy cow, the, the potential for this is phenomenal. And I was very, very hesitant to say that at the time. And that's 
almost that's that's getting close to three years ago now actually and um since then it has completely changed a lot of animals lives and even some people who decide to take it for themselves as they know that the testing is only ever done on me and um, I'm in the process of actually getting it through a proper third-party lab at the minute to get us tested for our COA properly done up by someone other than me and also for our full metal analysis too to show people what it has and what it hasn't and there's no toxic heavy metals in it and things like that so it's a little step further to try and make people have a little, little bit more credibility for it so excellent well and tell us about your current pets and the ones that actually gave rise to the name of finessium ah uh, well finessium stemmed from dogs of pride was the first um company i formed out here when that was basically with the dog grooming and dogs of pride was pride was a, a previous married name and it was to turn all your dirty and naughty dogs into dogs of pride and that's when i did the grooming and the training and everything else and the three dogs that were in the logo um, were Finn, Jesse, and William. And about 10 years ago, I started to make and bottle my own colloidal silver. And I was looking for a name and it was like, well, why don't we put all the dogs together? And I just started playing with words and different things and came up with Finesium. That's so awesome. That was all three of them together. So their legacy lives on. Sadly, they've all passed on now. Um, but their legacy definitely lives on for sure with helping um, basically pets and, and their people have healthier, happier lives. And that's really the, the background to what Finesium is all about. So what breed were those dogs? I'm trying to tell from their picture. Uh, well, um, the best breeds there are. Um, and that would be mutts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, no, the two I have are completely purebred. But um, Le Finn was a lab cross of something. Um, Jesse, we know, was an accidental breeding who um, was a failed foster on our part, and she was exactly half purebred lab and tricolor border collie from two neighboring farms out west. And then William was a purebred Leonberger on his mother's side, and we're not quite sure the naughty big black boy down the road showed up at the window whenever the pups were being born. So he's a Leonberger mix or was. Okay. Yeah. Very good looking dogs. I can tell from their Thank photo. You. And yeah. so tell us about the two dogs you have today. Today I have Miss Elizabeth Taylor or also known as Kenzie's National Velvet. She's a standard poodle. Um, not kept in a, in a proper poodle cut anymore because uh, mom here just can't do all that fancy stuff anymore. And then the little man who I had to get uh, a male to fill the void after William passed. And he is a little Celium Terrier, an ex-Canadian uh, champion, ex-breeding dog. So it's actually a friend of mine who breeds them in Winnipeg. And uh, I had approached her maybe to bring up a puppy, but all she had at the time were females. So I was looking, I said, no, it has to be a male. She goes, what about an older one? So I have the older one. He's flat out in front of me here. Passed out cold. <laughs> nice. Well, you can see he doesn't appreciate the efforts that you go to to give him the best life. Oh, 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 he does. He just tells me about it in strange ways. But yeah, and then there's also two cats loitering around as well and two horses in the backyard. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the horses since I'm always passionate about horses. Sure thing. Yeah. So you have an Arabian. 
I do. I have a little Polish Arabian who came back. Um, he had been brought up at the rescue out in Cape Breton and then had a wonderful home for, I think it was about 15 years or so. And sadly, their life circumstances changed and he was coming back to the rescue just around the same time where I had got Murphy and was setting up out back here to bring him home and needed a pasture buddy. So uh, sight unseen, I took Zafar and he is my little pocket pony right now. Very so, nice. He's a sweetheart. And tell us what about Murphy. He looks like a big boy. <laughs> yeah, Murphy or Buddy Murphy, but he came to me with the name Buddy. So he's Buddy Murphy, um, which sounds a little bit East Coast as well. But uh, everybody knows every horse they walk up to and call it Buddy. So I think he needed an extra name himself. So he is a Morgan Percher on mix. Um, came to me conservatively told I was he was about 22. But once the vet looked at his teeth, they went, ah. No, there's no way is he ever under 25 and they, they put him older than that. So we're guesstimating around about 30 at the minute. Um, but bless him, he's got no grinding surface left on his teeth. So he has to get big, fed big bowls of soaked feed five times a day to keep the weight on or to try and keep the weight on. Well, he, he looks like he probably weighs uh, 13 or 1400 pounds. I'd say he's probably up there. Yeah, yeah. So that's a challenge. And uh, I know that he has benefited from some of your um, products and your learning. So share that with us. Well, thank you. Um, yes, he has. Um, whenever he came to me, he came with heaves. It had been diagnosed and heaves for those who don't um, know what that is. It's like COPD for horses. So he would have a hard time breathing, especially in the humidity. And we get a lot of humidity up here. And um, whenever his first day in the barn where I had him before I brought him home, um, his breathing was up to like 60 beats a minute. Oh my gosh. So yeah, you know that that's bad, Peggy, for those who, who don't. I mean, an average should be what? A high of 24 a minute um, or thereabouts. So he was really, really panting and puffing. So we just had to get him on the, the closest, easiest thing. And that was just the dex, dexamethasone. Um, but after that, I put him on with the CBD and that was helping him a lot. It was just opening his airwaves a little bit more. And I also used some really nice products that are also Canadian made brand. It's Omega Alpha and the airwaves from them and the lung flush and things like that, which are all based in traditional Chinese medicine. So I also use a lot of them with my clients too. And then whenever we couldn't get the CBD, he was the biggest guinea pig there was available to try out the smart oil. And uh, whenever the vet came back to float his teeth, um, he checked the lungs and said, there's just a minor, minor rattle on one of the lungs and that there was no way that horse had heaves. Wow. That was, so, you loved hearing that. Oh yeah. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. He said, are you sure this horse had heaves? I was like, yeah, check records. So it was pretty good. And then again, a different vet came a few years after that to do his teeth. And I said, what's his lungs like? And she goes, well, why are you even asking? I says, because he had heaves. And she looked at me like a grown an extra head sort of thing. Well, you must be thinking of another horse. Oh, <laughs> nice. I love when that happens. Yeah. And he came as well with a, a rather large sheath. So it looked like he was carrying a basketball between his back legs. Bless him. And uh, now it just looks like a, an old man's sort of slightly saggy sheath. Okay. But all the inflammation has gone. 
and nice. the, he used to get sheath cleanings done. He had the vet tested and stuff as well from the previous owner before I adopted him. And um, she says, nobody was ever able to find anything. And it's like, okay, well, if I look at this the right way and looking at meridians and looking at energy lines and looking at um, inflammation and like, oh, look, that's a very, very low point on the animal. So things are going to pull there. So what we need to do is open up the lymph, open up drainage areas and get it going. And the smart oil brought that down as well. Awesome. So very, very cool. So I know that um, you're really excited about finessium in a lot of different ways. Um, but tell us about some of the services that um, you offer. Whew. Okay, it's getting a, a long list, Peggy, so bear with me. Um, I'll start with the most recent one because uh, that's also a very, very big, exciting one for me. And that uh, I just became a board certified, certified light therapist. So working with red light therapy, uh, photobiomodulation, it's like acupuncture with light. Okay. So photonic therapy, and I'm certified with people, pets, and horses. So that's very, very exciting. Um, I do quantum touch and animal Reiki. So it kind of amplifies that modality, if you like. So it's very cool because whenever you're starting to work with an animal with lights and they don't quite understand what they're feeling, sometimes they can be a little bit um, apprehensive about releasing their energy. And with me doing the quantum touch and Reiki beforehand, I've actually found out that I've ended up getting the releases of energy for them. Cool. It's very, very cool. And then once they actually realize that and I have the flow going through, they're like, oh, okay, all right. And they become so much more accepting of it, especially the next session. And the next session, they're like, oh, do the lights. So it's very, very cool. That is great. Um, yeah. You have a service listed that I know absolutely nothing about called real tissue salts. Right. Yes. What is that? Uh, well, I'm a biochemic practitioner under my naturopath who got me out of the doldrums. And I asked him if I could become one of his practitioners. And he said yes, um, because I wanted to find out how to use those and work with those to help animals more in a more naturopathic way. Um, and it's it's very, very complimentary. Basically, real tissue salts are also known as cell salts or mineral salts. Um, if you go back to Dr. Linus Pauling, who was a two-time um, Nobel Prize winner, um, he basically stated that any um, mineral or any disease could be linked back to a mineral deficiency. Um, it's an interesting concept, but uh, if you look at our food supply now, there is nothing, no matter how clean it is, out there available that can give us all of our needed essential nutrients and minerals anymore because the soils have been so depleted. Um, they're also so coated with um, all the stuff from the atmosphere, your acid rains or your sprays, your pesticides, your glyphosates, all the rest of that. So what, real, what I do with real tissue salts is work with a lot of people and they can be used as a complementary addition um, or an adjunct to what they're doing with their regular doctor and vet, obviously. Um, they're consulted, but it would be like sitting down in your great granny's kitchen and having a lovely big Sunday dinner. Well, basically now you have to get that in a little tablet mm. because we can't get it from the food anymore. So it's, it's replacing those and helping people with lots and lots of different things. Um, so I work with the tissue salts, I work with sarcodes, nosodes, helping identify um, nutritional deficiencies, 
um, sensitivities, hormone imbalances, um, underactive organs, um, toxicities like heavy metal toxicity or parasites or mold. So, and talking about parasites, so that leads us into <laughs> probably one of your favorite topics, which is Lyme disease. Oh yeah. Favorite. And the, the fact that, um, we now have a protocol that we can help people get away from it. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, ended up, Ooh, 2015, I started under my naturopath's care in 2017, he came out with a Lyme protocol and I was still going through an awful lot of tissue cells. Um, and the thing is, whenever you're so depleted or there's something blocking your system from assimilating nutrients, sometimes identifying that is more important than just throwing nutrients at the body you have to clean out the system first before you can add in the better thing. What I say is you don't want to ice a moldy cake. Oh yeah. So what we do is we clean the cake up first and then we put the icing on top. So whenever I went along to him to meet him for my training for the Lyme protocol, he's like, Wendy, you're still going through too much of your salts. He says, there's something else going on here and threw me the protocol to test me. Bam. There it was full blown Lyme disease. Oh, wow. So yeah, that was, uh, that was a bit of a journey because once I knew what the beast was then it was like, okay, hit me with everything as hard as you can. So whenever we're going through things like that, Peggy, we, I don't know if you've heard of a Herxheimer reaction or a Herx reaction, which would basically be if your body starts to release toxins, you will actually feel a lot worse before you feel better. Is sure. The way yep. to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, now that I knew what the beast was, I'd been suffering from for the previous four five, six plus years. Um, just getting gradually worse until where I had been when I found what was going on, then it was, uh, all right, hit me with it, hit me it, as hard as I can. Um, so I did, uh, quite a rough protocol to start with. And for about six weeks, I had maybe three or four hours of energy in me a day. Now, thankfully, I work from home. I could do that. Not everybody can. So I use with my clients, we go low and slow. Uh -huh. um, but it was quite literally, we were actually putting in a new kitchen. And I remember it to this day where we had some trades in doing some work. And I'm literally sitting there in my house coat like, yeah, that's great. And Darren's like, um, my boyfriend's like, well, we're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to paint this. You're not going to be able to do anything. We're going to have to, we'll, we'll call this one or that one. To, and I'm, nope, I'm painting the kitchen. It's what I used to do. It's what I do. I will do it. And he's like, you, you won't be able to. And literally in a week, it was like a switch was flicked and I was up a ladder painting that whole place. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So yeah, since then it's been on and off and on and off and on and off because it's very cyclical. So, you know, for anyone who's been dealing with Lyme or trying to deal with Lyme, the two weeks of hardcore antibiotics aren't doing it anything. Um, that's going to come up again. It may be quiet for now, but if you have a major surgery, major episode, major illness, major car accident, God forbid, um, you'll find that when your immune system is really compromised, that Lyme is going to appear its head again and go, Hey, remember me? So that's what we deal with. Wow. Well, so I know that, um, 
you're in Nova Scotia, as we said from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you indicated to me that you have a lot of clients in the United States. I do. How does that work? (laughs) Um, Very easily. Um, If they go to financiumhealth.com, which is the main website, they can book a, a virtual appointment and I can actually do remote testing. Um, it was tried and tested a few times and most times people will come to me for their pets and will then, you know, go through a protocol for a month or two. And then I'll usually hear, so the changes that you've done for fluffy over there have been really good. Um, is there anything you can do for me? (laughs) So, um, I usually end up with the whole family, the two leggeds and the four leggeds because I do stuff that works. <laughs> That's great. That's what people want for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired as well. So, I mean, definitely, you know, coming from the horse's mouth, <laughs> no pun intended. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't want to throw my money at something that's not going to work or help me or be useful. And there's plenty of companies out there that'll just take your money for whatever they think you want to hear. Um, no, I call a spade a spade. I'll find out what's wrong with you. And if I can't, I'll tell you. And if I do, then we'll work together. And it's that simple. <laughs> that, that, that's very encouraging. And I'm, I'm sure that people love to hear that. And then if folks want more information, you also have your own podcast. I do. Thank you for mentioning it, Peggy. Um, yeah, Quantumly Yours um, is my own podcast. And you can find it in all the usual channels. Uh, just came out in May. Just started in May. I do a weekly one as well. The same as yourself. And uh Um, Yeah, it's just to try and get a little bit more education and truth out there rather than, as I say, the the dressed up marketing claims on things. So I love debunking claims and myth busting and poking holes and stuff and finding out the truths about things. And if that helps people and more importantly, their animals and certainly give their animals a voice, because that's what I'm here for is to speak for them. Well, we appreciate you and all that you're doing for pets and their people. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Okay. We have been talking today with our new friend, Miss Wendy Patrick, the owner of Dogs of Pride and Finesium, both of which you can find online and we will post in our blog. Um, Thanks for joining us. And each and every week. We are just so happy to be here and share with you all these wonderful folks that we meet. You know that my personal philosophy is until there are none, please adopt one and please protect your pets with a pet trust. And if you don't know how, you can find out more at actforpets.org or you can call me Peggy Hoyt. You can also email me Peggy at hoytbryan.com. We will talk to you next time. And until then, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!